What's up, everybody, man? Welcome to ADHD, the podcast. We are back with episode eight. Today I have with me Rashad Jennings. Uh, Rashad Jones Jennings, excuse me, sir. Uh, (laughs) uh, CEO, serial entrepreneur, multiple business owner. This man is the ultimate hustler, someone I've known pretty much my entire life. Uh, Elementary, right? Elementary. Since elementary school. Um, Park, right? Yep, normal park. <laughs> so we go all the way back, back to my, uh, my days in Chattanooga, Tennessee, man, and just someone that uh, me personally, I'm very proud of. I've seen him go through a lot of stages in his life to become like this mogul that he is today. So what's up, man? What's going on, man? Yeah, you know, I'm, man, chilling. I'm glad to be here, man. Hey, you know, whatever. whenever you call, you know, it's all good. I'm coming through. So whatever you need from me, man, I got you. Man, let me tell y'all, man, and this ain't even cap right here. Like Rashad, man, is is he has a lot going on uh, with his community. He has a lot going on just in general with his businesses. And when I hit him up to uh, be on the podcast, I was expecting like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we could do it in like July or something like that. My man's told me, nah, let's do it this week. So like, that's just the type of dude he is, man. He's always been that way. Um, just the ultimate hustler, man, like that, that I know personally. So, um, yeah, man, I want to get started, man. Just um, before we get into your, your, your business ventures and how you became CEO and, uh, you know, the biz, uh, business decision maker that you are, uh, give us a little backstory to you, man. What led you to where you are today? I mean, I think, um, you know, my backstory, you know, of course, you know, I grew up in the west side, Chattanooga, you know, coming up, you know, in the neighborhood we grew up in, you had to kind of be tough, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. you know... This, the decisions that I made or didn't make helped me be at this place right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very big on, you know, I always tell my kids and people that I care about, life about decisions. You know, That's you right. got to make a decision every day. Like, I'm in the office right now on a Saturday, and I was here last night on a Friday night. I got That was my decision to make. Yeah. I'm saying that the city just opened back up during this COVID, and it's jumping. I could have I went and did something else. <laughs> for sure yeah I, I, got, I got i got shit to do and this this don't feel like a job to me mm-hmm. it, it, i got i got objectives to complete you know with you being in the military you know how it is like to me it feel like i got an objective to complete and mm-hmm. i ain't you know i haven't completed my objectives yet like every time i set goals even if i pass them i set some more yeah i yeah. feel like if i'm reaching my goals it's like i i i, I kind of shot low that's how i'm feeling Mm-hmm. That's what keeps me motivated and going. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, I definitely think that that that, that mentality, man, even goes prior to my, my military experience, man. I think it comes from us being, you know, we was ball players growing up. And um, I, I commend you because I know me personally, I know a lot, a lot of ball players deal with it, man. Like if y'all didn't know, uh, Rashad is a, a retired professional uh, basketball player as well. Uh, did a stint with the Sixers and also played overseas. But one of the hardest things about being an athlete, especially when you make it to the level that he has made it, is what's next. Right. So when you're an athlete, man, like you you have, all you know is that sport. You know what I'm saying? And, and normally it's been your love since you was a kid. Right. So um, being able to find a focus, like I got to give you your props for, I got to give you your flowers, because that's not easy to do. And that's something I struggle with. That's why I needed the military. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I needed to be told a direction. I needed to be told a mission because as a player, you have your coaches, you know, I needed to, I needed that direction, man. And it took me a while to adjust. So the fact that you've been able to like do that on your own, like you're truly self-made, it's uh, really impressive. 
Yeah, man. I just feel like, um, and like you said, like we play basketball all our, our whole life. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you, you get dropped into the business world with no experience. All you mm-hmm. got is your degree. And I learned real fast. And, you know, this is unpopular opinion, but this is, this is, I mean, this is an unpopular truth for me, but mm-hmm. a lot of people ain't going to agree. I just, that was my first introduction that my degree didn't mean shit. Because when I got injured and I was around here looking for a job to hold me over till I can get shake back. Everybody, look, you're overqualified. You have no experience. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, like, what I what I go to school for four years for? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, you learn real fast, so it's like, okay. And that was a blessing to me. Yeah, for sure. Because, <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I'm not built to be an employee anyway. Yeah. But what I did was I, I got a job at LA Fitness, and I got, and to me, it was like a win-win because I get to work rehab on mm-hmm. the clock. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, you know, so I worked at LA Fitness for about 30 days. I got a call to go to Germany. I told my homeboy, who was uh, the manager, he mm-hmm. my homeboy now. I was like, look, I just got a call to go to Germany. I'm out. He's like, go get your money. Yeah, yeah, I for sure. Up and I went home, packed up. I'm talking about this how it happened in the same day. Oh, wow. Like, hey, like, I don't know if you, like, if, like, when you're playing overseas and a team needs you, everything yeah. stops. Yeah, we need you here tonight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like I went home. I left LA Fitness. I went home, packed my stuff, walked to the train station, caught a train to the airport, and I was out. I called my mom. I said, "Hey, mom, um, I ain't gonna be back. You know, by, by the time this lease up, because I had rented an apartment in Atlanta. Yeah, you know. So I said, I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna be. Can you move me? So she moved me while I was already in Germany. I had to move that fast. So, yeah, that's a good point, man. You actually you actually touched on something, man, that's not that's not spoken about. So this is a good talking point. Um, what a lot of people don't realize, man, about about athletes, professional athletics, man, until you make it to that to that peak all star MVP level, man, like like you're a body, bro. So you have to like you said, when you get those opportunities, you have to jump on it because they will make the next phone call if you don't respond to it. Yeah. And I feel like. You know, that that helped mold me, too. Like, everything, all my life experiences helped mold me because I think I got hurt at the most inopportune time. I got hurt on my first job the second day of practice. So I hadn't even had a time to build up my my bread yet. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a rookie, and I hadn't even got my first check yet. Yeah. And I've never been injured. So I really didn't understand it. Yeah. Like, in college, they used to call me the machine because I never missed practice. I never seem tired. I'm always diving on the floor. You know how I play. Yeah, for sure. And like the second day of practice on some fluke stuff. Like nothing even happened. I just woke up one day and my knee was swollen. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, just but that just helped made me mentally stronger and all that. So, you know, I really wouldn't change it um for nothing. Because yeah. I just used that same drive, passion, and I just shifted towards business. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, bro, it, it goes it's who you are, like, as a person. I mean, uh, for those of you who don't know about Rashad, uh, you played at Arkansas Little Rock. And, you know, if you don't know a lot about college basketball, you know, Arkansas Little Rock just isn't in your conversations with your Duke, North Carolina, Syracuse, Georgetown, those type of schools. And Rashad led the nation in rebounding. Right. Um, that was your senior year? Yeah, that was my senior year. Um, so I led the nation in rebounding in junior college. Um, and then when I got to my division one, my junior year, I was third in the nation. And then my senior year, I was first. I see. Yeah, man. Like, and, and like I said, it's, it's, it's almost like 
poetic, right? Because to be the nation's leading rebounder, especially at a mid-major, what someone call a mid-major school, like you have to work for that, bro. Like that's that's not that's not an easy task. No one's no one's giving you rebounds. Like you know what I'm saying? You got to go get it. Yeah, you got to sure. go get it every night. You got to go get it. Um, you know it's it's crazy because my senior year we went to Minnesota, Big Ten team. We beat them on their home floor, um, and it was a lot of hype around the game that the nation's leading rebounders coming into Minnesota. He can't do it on this level. This shit was comical to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, look, I don't care where you at. Yeah. Mid-major, peewee league. Look, if the ball coming off the rim, I'm getting it. Period. I don't yeah. know where we at. What level are we playing on? Yeah. Can, am, can we – I'm cussing on here. Like, no, no. It's, 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 bro, listen, my, my podcast is, is whatever you want to say, like, how you want to say because I say some wild shit, so. This is me, man. Like, I think authenticity trumps everything. So, sure. you know, I ain't got nothing to hide, man. But uh, just, like – I don't care where we at. We could be on the moon. If it's a loose ball, you better get out the way. <laughs> nah, that's facts. That's facts. And um, I was able to witness this transition firsthand because I remember when you was like 5'9", bro, and we was on JV I was, together. I was a guard, man. I was, yeah. I used to shoot threes. <laughs> you used to, I was going to say you was a shooter. I used to shoot with two hands like Reggie Miller. <laughs> like, I was, I, was, I, I was a guard. But then um, I started having knee problems, what I thought was knee problems, but I really had Osgood Schlatters, which is – some kind of disease to where you're growing too fast and my growth. I place, never knew that. Yeah, my growth place was always sore. Like when I was in the tenth, when I was in the tenth and eleventh grade, that's when it really got bad. But I was mm-hmm. growing. And like I had to play with knee pads on because I had these little knots under my knees. And if you hit them, it was over. Oh wow. Like, I'm talking about like it's kind of like getting hit in the balls. Oh man. Like, so it's like when the pains are like shoot up through your whole body almost. Yeah, it's like that's it was so tender, like. I can't even explain it, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's, I had to play with knee pads when I was in the 10th and 11th grade because if you even brushed up against it, it was a wrap. I'd be bald like a baby, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, nah, like that, that just goes to show, man, uh, and how you were able to carry that over to the business work. Because like I said, being a rebounder, man, like primarily a rebounder, you don't see many players like that. But for one, they always get the check. Yeah, for People sure. always want someone to go get their ball, bro, when they come off the rim. And uh, you was able to carry that that same mentality into business, man. I feel like you you operate the same way now, man. Like if you're gonna be in the way, you better be ready for a fight. Right, for sure, man. I mean, that's it's all about mentality, man. Like succeeding succeeding in life, it's all from the neck up. Yeah, for okay? sure. I, I see a lot of people trick them out of ideas that they have or you know things that they want to do. They'll talk themselves out of it. See, me, I got to the point now where you, I, I'm not telling people what I'm doing. I'm just dropping shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing so you can talk me out of it because you don't think it'll work or, or, or whatever. Like, look, I'm not asking for no advice no more. I, I learned my lesson with that. You know, like when I drop it, you know, um, I learn on the job. I'm actually glad you said that, man, because especially um, where we come from, man, and anyone from a small town uh, could kind of relate to this, man. They have a small town mentality. Like if you bring up something that's outside of the listener's level of perception, man. They have a very good way of like making you feel like you're, you're fucking crazy to think exactly. you can even think about something like that. But the irony in that is the crazy ones, you all, it's always crazy until it's done. For sure. Nobody, this is what I'm saying when I say I just drop shit and I, you know, and I learn on the job. Nobody taught me how to be a broker. 
Nobody taught me how to buy an office building. You know what I'm saying? Well, mm -hmm. not buy, lease an office building, mm -hmm. office space. Nobody, nobody taught me how to start multiple companies. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I need an LLC. I need this. Like, I'm YouTube and I'm reading. Look, bro, it's like you get, if you got the ambition to do it, you can do it. But just, you got to, you don't play yourself. You gotta, yeah. it's gonna be consistent. You gotta be consistent. You gotta be disciplined. It's gonna be some sleepless nights. It's like, it's been plenty nights. I ain't got sleep. Shit, I ain't get no sleep two days, two nights ago. I told my wife, I was like, shit, I've been up since five. I mean, I, 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 I didn't go to sleep till five mm. because I'm just laying there. I got this big event coming up. Um, you know, I got probably 10 deals on the table that I'm working on. Um, you know, I got a trucking company. I got an after school program that we're trying to take digital now because they counsel school. Yeah. Now we got to pivot in that company. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and you know, it's going to be some sleepless nights. I mean, it ain't, it ain't for everybody. Have you heard of the term natural selection? Oh, for sure. Some people just, you know, you may just be cut out to be a worker. Right? And that's not, that's not nothing bad, but mm -hmm. if you got to have it in you, like, yeah. And, and I use a basketball term in that. Like, everybody's not cut out to go get 20 rebounds. Yeah, yeah. If, if, well, you, ain't, if you ain't got that mentality, I'm just saying, I, if you ain't got that mentality, you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think the problem, man, especially with, with our country, especially being, uh, being black, um, I think that we, we have societal standards that we try to live up to and then we end up like pigeonholing ourselves into a nine to five. Like I know, I know hundreds of people, bro, who they don't like working, bro. They don't like going up and making somebody else millions for to be paid 50,000 a year. Like I, I, I know someone personally who, who literally made a company millions of dollars on a 70 K a year salary, which is laughable but they feel stuck in that position because you know, you got kids, you got debt, you got all these other things, man. So like, that's, that's one thing you talk about your kids earlier. That's something I try to instill in my kids, man. Like some of that, some of that shit can wait. Like the things that like cause you to be in debt and stuff like that. Like you have to build your own wealth first. So you don't get pigeonholed into what I'm in or into what people are in right now where they're stuck in this nine to five world. You know, uh, my oldest daughter, like she it's been a couple of times where she's, wanted to do some things and I couldn't do it because of work. And then I'll use that as a teachable moment. Like, yeah, but man, if you own your own shit, you make your time off, but you have to work, you know what I'm saying? To make sure you could do that, but you don't want to be on somebody else's time. Right. So, but yeah, that's, that's, that's really the problem, man. Cause I don't think no one wants to be sitting in a fucking cubicle for 40 hours a week, bro. Yeah. I mean, if I, I feel like if you don't want to sit in a cubicle for 40 hours a week, then let me cut, let me cut this phone off. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to sit in a cubicle for 40 hours a week, um, do that until you don't have to do it. And what I mean by that is when you get off from your nine to five, you need to be working on your five to nine. You need to be working on your exit strategy trying to get out. It ain't no, it ain't fucking Netflix time. It ain't time to go to happy hour. Like, you know, you could do all that once you come up, you yeah. know, um, I think a lot of people, they get caught up. It's not even the fact that they caught up in a nine to five because I know a lot of people that's making millions of dollars that in real estate that have a nine to five, but they 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 dedicated themselves to investing in real estate on the side. Mm -hmm. You know, so to me, you know, I, I just I just feel like it's always a way to you know get out and, and make progress. But 
like I said earlier, it got, it's going to take some discipline. It's going to take consistency. It's going to take some sleepless nights. You're not going to, you're never going to know everything. I mean, you just got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to be committed. You know what I'm saying? Like I could have, like, it's, it's so many things I, I could be doing right now. You yeah. know, I could be doing so much other, I could be on the couch. You know what I'm For saying? Sure. I woke up this morning, I worked out, chill with the fam. I'm at the office by three on the yeah. side. And I don't know what time I'm gonna leave here. I ain't leaving until the job gets done because, you know, I gotta study all the speakers that's coming to my event. I already know them, but I wanna go dive deeper. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So mm -hmm. when when they're presenting, you know, I can get in a proper introduction. Um, I can ask them questions about their business and stuff like that. So, you know, it's you know, just not just getting uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, that that's and that's the main thing, man. Is is getting uncomfortable. And uh, I listen to Joe Rogan a lot, and I also uh, I read a book that you suggested to me because I know you're an avid book reader, man. And I still aspire to get to your level of on that. Uh, the the Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, mm. and um, that seems to be a common theme, man. Is is making yourself uncomfortable. And and while reading that book, and like I said, I listen to Joe Rogan. He preaches the same thing a lot. Uh, and working on on myself, my, my own personal growth, I found that when you make yourself uncomfortable, it's it's almost like you feel like you're in your natural state. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I feel like because of the times, we're in the most comfortable time ever, bro. We ain't got to kill for food. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we don't have to worry about. I don't know, winter, freezing to death in the winter time because we have heat, things of that nature. And it's very easy to get caught up and get comfortable. I know myself, you know, it's been times where I've gotten lazy, bro, and I'll play a video game for six hours after work. Mm -hmm. And I'll feel like, shit, bro. Like, yeah, it's six it's hours. Funny. It's funny you said that, man. You know my little cousin, uh, Ricardo, right? Of course. So I was at his neck yesterday. So we had a heart-to-heart. -heart. You know, I ain't going to get into the conversation, but mm -hmm. the overall the overall takeaway from our conversation was, um, you know, discipline. Um, yeah. And I ain't tell him nothing I ain't do. Cause when I, when I retired in 2015, you know, I was still, I was still thinking as if I was still playing. I was yeah. spending money as if I was still playing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I had to, I had to have a mirror talk with myself. I had to check myself. You know what I'm saying? So what I did was I sold a PlayStation. Um, you know, and I, and I made a, a time block to where it's like, okay, I'm only doing certain stuff at certain times. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like I'm not partying all night. Like I'm gonna read a book, you know, right now I got, I got books by my nightstand. I leave my phone in the other room. So for the first two hours that I'm, I'm, I'm up in the morning, I don't touch my phone. Yeah. I read for an hour, I meditate and I work out. And then the world opens up. Like if you call my phone, well, not now because now you're going to the call center, but months ago, if you call my phone, you'll hear my answer machine. I'm returning all calls after 11 a.m. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so don't, I'm, I'm, I'm educating people on how to communicate with me. And I'm, I'm, I'm letting them know that, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not available to after 11 yeah. because I'm, I'm, I'm dead set on being proactive, not reactive. Mm -hmm. When I'm answering the phone all day and everybody's call is my emergency, I'm reacting. I'm not being proactive. That's right. So when I wake up in the morning, like I said, I read, meditate, work out, and then I write a top five. The top five most important things that I got to get done that day. Yeah. And everything else fall where it is. 
I'm, I'm glad you said that, man. Like, so it sounds like you've really become a master of your time. Yeah, but that, that yeah, I agree. But, but that comes from going through it. That comes mm-hmm. from watching people who I want to be like. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I, I, got, I got those concepts from other people who were successful. Mm-hmm. And you can read, and this is the thing about reading too, you can read all day, but you need to be active on what you read. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like, it's, you got to have practical experience. Like, you need to get out there and do it. Like, I always use this, this, this uh, analogy. You know, would you rather have a surgeon that's done 100 surgeries or a surgeon that's read 100 books? Mm, that's real. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to have practical experience. That's why, here's another unpopular opinion, that I feel like college, going to college is an old model. Unless you're going to yeah. be a doctor, lawyer, or something like that, where you got to get some kind of certification. Uh, I think that's an old model. Now is internships, volunteer. Because I, I'm going to tell you, I don't, I'm on this side of the table now, and I'm hiring people. I don't give a fuck where you went to school at. <laughs> Can you do the job? Have you know you what? This before? It's, it's so crazy to me, Shy, because you said this to me in maybe 2016, like uh, we was having a conversation and we was talking about college. And you was like, man, I'll, I'll fly that degree out the window. Like, I don't yeah, care. I rip it up. I, I, I do plan to do that. I'm going to do it on camera. I'm going to let everybody know. But like, it's kind of like, uh, and, and I think, man, look, this is my opinion and my experiences formed my opinion and I'm not campaigning. You can go to college all you want, you know, whatever. I'm, this is this is what's working for me, and I've seen it from both sides. I've mm-hmm. seen it when I tried to go get a job, you know, when I was injured, and I'm overqualified. I, I didn't even know that was a thing. I thought yeah. you should be glad to have me if I'm overqualified. Right, right, right. You know yeah, I learned saying? that. I learned that the hard way too. <laughs> so it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, that was a blessing, and bro, I'm not. I can't be an employee. So you mean to tell me you're gonna pay me ten dollars an hour whether I, whether I do a good job or a bad job? <laughs> What? I don't, bro. Like, even with even with what what I'm doing now, I got like 20, 20 employees and a couple partners. Um, well, twenty one if you count the driver that I don't have right now. But, so, uh, what's crazy is about that statement and that mentality. So, I started paying attention after you told me that because you remember when I was in Atlanta, I was working mostly contracts, where I work a permanent job now here in Chicago. I realized Rashad and I started paying attention from that day. I've never been asked about my degree. They want to know if I can do this shit. They yeah. give me a test. Oh, he know his shit. Hire him. Exactly. That degree that's don't matter. Old, that's an old model, man. And and like with this event that I got coming up, the Atlanta, the Atlanta real estate summit, it's 12 hours of straight action. Like, yeah, we got, Man, we got people, Vinny Chopra, $344 million portfolio. Omar Khan, he's done $3.7 billion in transactions. Um, Carlos Reyes, you know, 20, he owns 25 businesses. Seven of them do seven figures a, a year. Mm. So seven of his business do a million plus a year. You know, like, like these are the type of people that I'm bringing to you you know, in this 12 hour marathon, real estate marathon, like you can, if you, if you attend this event, like it's, it's almost crazy. Like it's fucking $27. I'll give it to you for free. It's not even about the money. What I'm trying to get out of this. I'm doing, I want to do deals with them. Yeah. 
I don't, I, I, I'm giving away scholarships with the money that I make off this. Like I'm sending, I'm sending high school seniors to, uh, to real estate school. that want to go to real estate school. I'm paying for their real estate school. That's awesome. And then once they get out of real estate school, they can come, you know, um, come over to post pro and just, <laughs> you know, get some money. So. Like, you know, like I tell you, I, I, you know, you get your PhD in real estate and you ain't got to go a hundred thousand dollars in debt for it. Big facts. You know what I'm That's saying? Big facts. I, I see this so much, man. People like, so let's take this scenario. And this was the scenario of a, a, a ex that I had. And this what really uh, opened my eyes. And like I said, all my, all my experiences is what formed my opinion on college. Mm-hmm. So, so she has, let's say she has a hundred thousand in student loan debt. Okay. Right. Get a job that doesn't require a degree. Mm-hmm. All right. So you got her on this hand. So she has a job, but she has a hundred thousand in student loan debt that she has to repay. Mm-hmm. And she's working somewhere that you don't need a degree. Here comes Joe Blow with a GED, <laughs> and he don't got a hundred thousand in student loan debt. Joe Blow makes more than you mm. because you got a thousand dollar a month payment back to Navient or whoever the hell the student loan holder is. Mm-hmm. So that concept alone is like, look, you got so many people degree with degrees and that's not even working in their field, let alone their passion. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm trying to save everybody else because I went to school for free. Like the student loans that I have, which is about three, four, five thousand dollars, because I was buying cars. But <laughs> like, so I don't even have a dog in the fight, but I'm passionate about this for the next person. Sure. And, and let me let me just say this, man, because I, I wouldn't feel right to play not play devil's advocate, man. And I, I do want to do my due diligence. I do think you get something, some things out of college um, for one networking and the ability to communicate with people outside of your comfort zone. If you go away to college. All right. So uh, look, which I, I go ahead. Finish. <laughs> um, that's for one. For two, I agree with what you said about doctors, lawyers, nurses, et cetera. By, by all means, if that's your passion, you need college, y'all. Like, take, take your ass to college, get that degree, because you need that to do that, and the world does need those people. However, comma, if you are not something that is some form of licensed trade that can only be granted via college, it is something to think about. I will also say um, one of my biggest regrets in life is that I didn't go to an HBCU. So um, a lot of my friends uh, went to Howard uh, University. And when I look at the pool of graduates from Howard, those people, they have a lot of connections in their field. They normally end up doing cool shit. They normally end up on the entrepreneurial side because just that, that alumni is, is some of everywhere. Now, that aside, like I said, I don't even get asked about my degree, bro. And I went to an engineering school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me ask this, Trey. So the first couple points that you made was some people need college to learn how to um, communicate with people outside their comfort zone and networking, right? For sure. So you telling me you can't get those same two qualities interning? Because if you intern with me, listen, if you intern with me, you're going to start with 100000 instead of being in debt 100000 no, nah, that's real. But you also have to understand, Shot, like, like you're a unicorn, bro. Like those opportunities aren't everywhere. You can intern anywhere. Like, look, you look, wherever you post this, 
Call me. <laughs> you come intern for me, I will teach you the game. All you gotta do is be a hustler and and and, and you know just be ethical and you know what I'm saying just do what yeah. you're gonna do, be what you're gonna say you're gonna be. And you know, it's only up from there. Like I love interns. Like, come to me. It like it's internships out out here all the time. Like, you know, I'm big on internships, I'm big on volunteering, you know what I'm saying? Because that also helps build character. It, it helps you with experience. Like you get on the mm -hmm. job training. That goes back to what I said earlier about practical experience. Like, um, if if I wanted to be, I don't know, let's throw throw something out there, throw a profession out there. Um, I don't know, architect. <laughs> nah, nah, that's kind of different. You probably need to go to school for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But look, 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 look. This is my thing. I, I'm not anti-college. All I'm saying is the return on investment is horrible. For somebody, yes. for somebody who underwrite deals all day and I'm big on ROI, you know, like, you're going to get $2,000 $2, in debt to get a $30,000 a year job and you paying it off over the course of time with interest. Um, for somebody who look at deals all day, that's not a deal. I'm passing. No, nah, that's that's for sure. So um, I'll, I'll use an example, man. It's, and this, this proves your point, actually. Uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, um, she's a therapist. So if you if you know anything about therapy, bro, like or becoming a therapist, that, that minimum masters. And let's say you're not an athlete. She she told me straight up, like, I'll never pay my student loans off. Yeah. Like it's 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 bro, that's what I'm saying. Like, why would I want to start life? with a $100,000 rope around my neck. Yeah. You know, that keeps, and, and this is another thing too. So I'm, I, I was, I'm a realtor and a broker. So it's like, you know how many people I've seen get denied because of student loans? That's the most, that's the number one cause for denial for student, uh, for uh, getting approved for a home. It's student loans. It's not credit. It's not, you don't make enough because no matter what you make, it's a house out there for you. It may not be yeah. two, three, four hundred thousand, but you're going to be able to get something. But I done seen student loans knock out so many people like, and they just don't know what to do because they feel like, man, I did everything that they told me I needed to do. But the thing about that is you was getting information from people. That was the best that they knew, but information is changing. Like now that's why I got the STEM program. Mm -hmm. Technology is the wave. Science, technology, engineering, and math. Though that's the wave right now, like sure. that, that's where the world is headed. You know what I'm saying? Like it's innovation. Everything, yeah. everything changes. Yeah. Even money, everything um, evolves. That, that includes school. Go ahead. No, see, I, I, I'll have a moment of transparency. I'm actually glad you you said this because I can actually attest to this, like real life, right? So, you know, for a while, like I've wanted to get into um, investment properties. And one of the things that was kind of holding me back from that was student loans. So that on top of just getting tired of looking at the motherfuckers, bro. I hate checking my credit and seeing, like you said, Naviant, Sally Mae, all these other companies. So I went on a really aggressive student loan plan and uh, I was paying 16 a month on a student loan just because like I wanted to get rid of this shit. And thankfully, I'm blessed enough financially to be able to handle something like that. But man, it's so many people who, who can't. And for a degree, like you said, man, you, you got $150,000 in student loans, but you make $60,000 a year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what is that person supposed to do? Like, that's, and that's before taxes. So 60 is really 48. Big facts. And don't have kids. 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? And then if you take out your your rent payments, let's say your rent is a thousand dollars a month, you you take twelve thousand from that. Where you at? Thirty six. Food two hundred a month minimum. Gas commute. You know, hey, it keeps going down, but the student yeah. loans just keep going up with interest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and, that, I, and that's the bigger robbery because if you think about it, man, like our, our grandparents' generation, they didn't pay this for school. And that's and that's where shit got yeah. fucked up. But look, my grandparents didn't pay that for school because that was like the industrial age. Like they was they was doing them warehouse jobs, right? Mm -hmm. And then like the wave after that was the college wave. Like go to college, get a good job, go to school. Now we're in a technology wave. Like it's so many millionaires from the internet. Like this internet money is the new wave. Like it shouldn't be a reason why somebody sitting on a nine to five, they can't go home and create a product and, and put it online and connect it to their PayPal and, 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 you know, get paid. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like everybody got a talent. I don't know what it is. It may be art, you know, draw some shit, take a picture of it, put it on your website, promote it. That's you know facts. what I'm saying? Like, like we gotta, we got, we we don't need to complicate it. I think everybody got a talent. Let's say Trey. Let's say if your your talent was ball handling, mm -hmm. like I would say to you, like, look, shit, start you a ball handling academy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. record yourself doing it. You can do it in person and online. Record mm -hmm. yourself doing it. You know, have your instructions, everything like that. Put it online and sell it. Package it up and sell it. Yeah, and that's what I try to tell a lot of people too, man. Like, cause I was actually, it's funny you say this. I was having a conversation with a friend a couple of months ago and she hates her fucking job. She hate it, but she she also, man, and like, I'm not saying that I didn't, I wouldn't say to her face. And I know she wouldn't mind me saying this cause we're, we're that tight and she's very open about who she is as a person. She's a, she kind of settles, but she's someone with a master's degree who works a job that she doesn't need a fucking master's degree for. And she hates it. And she was like, man, I, I don't have a talent. I don't have a talent. Look, fam, you Everybody know how to do something. Like, I, I was posting workout vids on my story on IG, not even on my main page. Just because I go to the gym every day, I got, a, I got an endorsement for fitness products. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's ways, if you just put it out there. Yeah. Uh, you put me on a Nipsey hustle, man. One of the things that, that Nipsey said is, is like, we're living in like the gold rush, a modern day gold rush when it comes yeah. to the internet. Like the internet, man, bro, like it's crazy. Like, and back to your homegirl before I expound on Nipsey. Um, like I said, she says she don't have a talent. She just ain't found it yet. So you got, yeah. you got to find your passion. Then you got to respect it. And when sure. I say respect it, I mean, you know, don't take it to the grave with you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people is taking their talents and shit to the grave because they overthinking it or they don't got enough confidence. You know, that's why books like Can't Hurt Me with David Goggins. Like I didn't get like this because I'm, you know, I just wanted to be like this. I got like this because I put in the work. I, I, I read books. Mm -hmm. I, I, I watch podcasts. I watch YouTube videos like, I, you know, when I'm working out. Instead of listening to music, I'll read. I'll listen to an audio book. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm taking, I'm taking the best out of all these successful people and molding it into my own personal thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So she does have a talent. She just ain't tapped into it yet. She has plenty of talents, and I pointed yeah. that out to her. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm glad you said that about 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 reading. Uh, so one of my things, while I wasn't a big reader at first, I never felt like I had time to. But particularly when you sent me the, 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 
the list of books that you sent me what was that two years ago now yeah probably i don't know yeah so um i was like i'm gonna read these books i don't give a fuck what it takes so what i ended up doing shot is i bought the physical and the audio because at the time i had a two-hour commute each way to work so i was like i'm gonna spend it wasn't much i'm gonna spend 30 minutes a night reading because that's all the time i had for with that commute and working all day but when i'm in the car i'm gonna pick up where i left off listen to the book and then pick it up later on that night you know what i'm saying so like it's it's ways man i'm finding that a, a lot of people like i said man we're so caught in comfort zones because comfort is easy but when you actually man discipline yourself you feel better like it is your natural human state bro to be uncomfortable to work for some shit and like yeah. anyone that i talk to man i'm pretty sure you can attest to this as well you've you've been lazy before you've worked hard before which one of those two feels better <laughs> and hard and look it's every funny. time is that right like this is this something happened to me recently man um so my aunt passed last year and uh you know we outside you know i got a tank top on after the funeral you know i gotta take that big ass button off button down off we in the middle of the summer Mm -hmm. And uh, I had stopped working out. Like, I had just got to the point where, so I retired in 2015, and then up into 17, you know, my physique was still intact. Yeah. But then after a while, it kind of started falling off. And, like, one of my homeboys, we took a picture, put it on Facebook. He was like, man, Rashad, you fat. You don't got fat. <laughs> but that triggered me, though, because he yeah, was for sure. And for what sure. I, I, I thanked him on the post. I said, I appreciate that I needed that. Yeah. Got back in the lab. You know what I'm nah, saying? That's real. <laughs> it's funny you say that, bro. Cause I be telling people, bro, age 34. Like when I when I hit age 34, dog, it was like, because I I was one of those dudes, man. I could I could sit here and do 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and look like I went to the gym for the last 80 days. Yeah. But uh shit got real when I got a little older. But nah, man, you're 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 totally right. Uh the comfort zone is is what it is, it's comfortable and it's easy to do. Yeah, but that's dangerous. Yeah. Well, a business call. I told y'all he's serious. I'm in <laughs> man. They they calling on Saturday. Shop open. Shop open. I'm gonna hey, call I love it. Hey, once this over, I'm calling the man. I love it, bro. That's how it should be. <laughs> Shop over. But yeah, you was talking about um let me unplug this phone, man. They gonna man, it's all it's all good, man. Listen, if you gotta take that motherfucker, look, I don't care. Like, I know you gotta make money, but it's going on a podcast, though. I ain't believe nothing. <laughs> huh? Rashad speaking. You got the wrong number. That's it. Don't worry about that. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's going on too, bro. This raw and I cut, man. I keep everything in. Last week, uh. Y'all almost, y'all almost saw me close a deal. They had to <laughs> hey, I'm closing deals online. Hey, they need to hear that, man. They need to hear that. So, with that said, I'm being said, man, I'm move the conversation a little bit forward. So, you, uh, you would it be would it be correct to say that you got your start in real estate after after uh, uh, playing sports? Like that's where you got started. That's where the the, the business minded shy, the CEO, all that you started in real estate. Am I? Right in saying well, that? no, I, I would say, I mean, and when you, I, I guess you could say I started in real estate because that's when I actually started having practical experience. Other before that, it was books. So, um, I was, and a lot of people don't notice about me because I don't talk a lot. So, when you look at me, you probably think I'm just a big dumb jock, but 
if we have ever had a conversation, you'll know what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so I remember vividly, man, I was on a, um, we was in Singapore flying, we was flying to fucking uh, Philippines to go play a game or something like that. And I was sitting next to the GM. Mm. Didn't even know. So the whole time on the plane, I'm reading a book. I'm reading a Robert Kiyosaki book, and um, he said, "You know, this it was sitting on the it was sitting on the uh, seat." He's like, "This mm. your book is like you kind of couldn't believe it." I'm like, yeah, mm. this, this, this is what I'm this is what I'm on. You know what I'm saying? But like, mm. I forgot where I was going with that. But um, but yeah, that, that's where you I, started. Like I, I I always like when we flying and stuff. Like and when we in the airport, I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the bookstore. I'm trying to see what else I can get to elevate because I know I don't been hurt before at this point. Like this is me and my oh. mid career, you know what I'm saying? And I, I, I told you I got hurt right out the gate. Mm -hmm. So I was always thinking ahead, planning ahead. Like how can I keep this same, making the same bread after I retire from basketball? Cause I didn't do nothing out of the ordinary to get hurt. It was just like, my body just woke like, look, I had enough. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and and being an athlete in general is extremely taxing. Like a lot of people don't realize the mileage that you put on your body. Like, you know, when a lot of people talk to me, they'd be like, oh, you're mid thirties. I'm like, mm, my body feels 50. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause you're, you're putting, I have so much more mileage than you. Yeah. Like people don't understand that. Like it's, it's an average of four miles in a basketball game. And yeah. that's fast paced. Right. And you bump it. And especially the way I play, um, you know, it's kind of like uh like it's like you said, like if we put so much miles, so many miles on our body. People always ask me, "You still play?" Like, no. Nah. I mean, I, I like for me, it, to me in my mind, if I can still play, I'll be getting paid for sure. I'm not going out there to men's league. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that, but it's just like the way I play. I got one gear. Like yeah. if it's loose ball, my brain is triggered to dive on it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's a rebound, my brain is triggered to go get it, but my knees and my my ankle, like whatever ailments I got, well, like that's what I'm saying. Like my mind want to go get it, but my body can't move like that no more. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and that's that was the only hard thing about retirement was from the neck up, I still could play, mm -hmm. but my body was done. Yeah. So that was hard. I didn't I didn't watch talk basketball, watch no games, nothing. For two years, mm. I didn't do nothing. Like I didn't. I used to be on Eurobasket every day. That just mm -hmm. used to be my thing. Just seeing what everybody else doing overseas, whatever, whatever. You know, once I stopped that, I knew. I knew. I was like, I, I knew it was over. Yeah. You know, because it it just it was too much for me to hope, to bear because it was like, damn, all my partners still playing. Like, why this happened to me? But then That's once you once yeah. once I got over that phase, it was like, all right, I'm just gonna go pro in business. And then I mashed the gas. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, that's, that's really hard to do. I know for me personally, it was the monotony of, damn, I got to go do the same thing every day for eight hours. Like, that was tough for me. And then, like, like I said, that's, that's why I needed the military. Mm -hmm. um, but even still, man, like getting back to the, to the working world, it, it's, ain't no glory. You know what I'm saying? It ain't no ain't fight nobody, for real. Ain't no, ain't nobody asking for autographs. Yes, it's, it's like, look, and this, and I still struggle with this today because it's like, look, no matter how fucking big a check I get from doing a deal or whatever good thing happened to me in life at this point, 
it's nothing. It's like that adrenaline of playing in front of 10, 20, 30,000 people. Mm. The, 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 the excitement leading up to the game, game day, shoot around, mm. being in the locker room with the fellas. You can't, mm. there's no exchange for that. And no, especially not, when this has been your life for your life. Yeah, since you were and a you kid. You gotta find a new life moving forward. You know what I'm saying? But like, I think the main hard part was me, for me, was being around the fellas, laughing and just, it's just that element. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, but it's it's also why we're able to network. Cause I mean, even, even me and you, I don't think we really became friends until we were teammates. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, cause you're kind of, it's just nothing like, man, being around a group of like-minded individuals, man. No matter how crazy some of them may be, man, at the end of the day, you got to suffer through your crazy coach, yeah. these crazy road fans. Like, you got to suffer through that together, man. And, like, you deal with these bro, bonds. Man. Oh, I my God. Bro, hey, oh, look, man. and this is another thing. Like, I don't know, bro. I, I, I just got a different mentality, man. I know, like, some people, as far as, like, coaches or, you know, the concept of, you know, you don't supposed to win on the road. That was never in my mind. I like, man, what the fuck? This is a winning game. Let's beat them and the refs and the fans. Big facts. Big so, facts. I mean, that's just always been my mentality. Like, I remember when I first got to Little Rock, and uh, we, matter of fact, we was playing, we was getting ready to play uh, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. And this is when I first learned about money games. Mm. I didn't know this was a thing. I'm fresh from JUCO, so I didn't know that they Yeah, I have them. no idea what you're talking about, so I'm actually excited to hear this. So basically what a money game is, is what these big major, high major schools, they pay a school to come in and basically get a win. Okay. Okay. I've heard something about that. Like they pay us to come to their house and kick our ass. Because y'all are the, the, what's considered the smaller school on a basketball scale. Yeah. But once I heard that, I was like, I'm in the wrong fucking place. (laughs) I'm going to this motherfucker to win. What you mean? So we playing Paul Davis, who's projected to be an NBA pick, first rounder, and you think I'm finna go up there to lose? They, yeah. I know NBA scouts is there to watch Paul Davis. Let, let me show them why I'm the number one rebounder in the nation. Yeah. Um, but that's when I first learned about money games. You know what I'm saying? But it was like, damn, like that ain't I don't that that ain't the concept that's in my mind. Like, let's go up here and beat these motherfuckers. It's five on five. It's the same game. The same shit we've been same. doing since we was kids. Ball, the this rim still the same. And on the road, the fans charged me up. <laughs> boo me. Yes. And I, yeah, boo me. Charge me up. Boo me. I'm just going to go harder. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I love that, too, man. And, like, even, like, some of these fans are so great. Now, I remember uh, one time in college dribbling the ball at the court, and they were chanting Little Bow Wow because I still had braids <laughs> in my hair. So, <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, I, it's, it's nothing like it, man. Like, I know I've dated women and, and tried to explain to them how hard it is to make that transition. And there's nothing like that life. But uh, once again, like I said, that's, that's another reason why I wanted you on, man, because you are a person who has success, successfully made that transition to me. Um, and it's apparent in your work. It's apparent, like, bro, when you told me, like, you was doing real estate, because I had no idea. You know what I'm saying? I knew you, I knew you was probably done with the basketball game. You had a couple of stints overseas. I know you had tapped into acting and other things like that. When you told me you was doing real estate, man, I remember, I don't know who I was talking to, man. It may have been Boyd or someone. I was like, man, nigga was shopping to be a fucking millionaire. Cause like, it's no holes barred. You were bound by rules in basketball. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no rules, man. In business, that's nothing stopping that dude. And that dude is not gonna stop. 
So, and you've proven that right, man. Um, but yeah, so you went into real estate when you got, when you got done with the game and like, so from what I know about real estate, it's very hard to start in. I know it's, it's, it's pretty much lead based and you, you gotta go get it. Ain't nothing gonna just come fall in your lap. Right. But I know, let me know if I'm wrong. Similar to rebounding, you gotta go get it. For sure. Um, how do you deal with that, man? Cause I'm pretty sure like it's, it's, as far as confidence goes, like that has to, that has to take a shit on your confidence. Um, what do you mean? Because I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of no's. Well, yeah, it is a lot of no's. So, I well, let me just start when I first my first day in the office. Okay. So, okay, I I would say Dubai was my last real job. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Mexico. Um, I knew it was kind of basically like my farewell tour. I already knew I was on my way out. Body was hurting. I was still getting twenty and twenty. It's like because the adrenaline carried me through the game. But it's after the game that I start realizing that, look, it's taking me too long to recover. Um, I'm having to ice my knees before the game. and mm. after the game. So I had mm. to ice my knees before the game just to kind of rejuvenate it. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, that's, that's how real. I knew I was on my way out. So, look, they started playing with my money. I was out. Um, it's a little more to that story. I don't know if you want to get into that. But that's um, all, It's up to you, brother. So, basically, they started playing with my money, man. And me, look, no money, no practice. No money, no game. I don't want to hear none of that shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You want me on time? You want me to drop 20 and 20 every night? I need my money. I ain't out here mm-hmm. playing for free. I don't care what y'all got going on upstairs. You know what I'm saying? Look, you signed me, you should have the bread. So um, they they won paying me, so I didn't go to practice. Then um, I stopped playing in the game. Then they got to the point um, where they said, you know, I told them I wasn't playing unless y'all pay me. So this goes on for about two weeks mm-hmm. and I'm just at my, at the house in Mexico. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, uh, my agent called me one day and was like, um, they going to plant some drugs in your room. You know, you need to leave tonight. Yo, Bro, for I real? hundred percent. Look, and it was me and another dude. Cause I want the only one that didn't pay. They didn't pay nobody. Mm. I'm the only one bucking. Look, bro. Look, this is what I do. Plus, mm-hmm. I'm already on my way out. Mm-hmm. I just love Dubai getting the bag, so I ain't I ain't hurting for nothing. So it's like, look, y'all ain't gonna pay me. Y'all can I ain't playing, but I ain't leaving till y'all pay me. And this yeah. was everybody, but only me and this other dude named Seth. Me and him, the only ones that buck. So, um, agent called said they was gonna plant some drugs in my room. But before that, the uh, they tried to trick me and go make me take a drug test so they can use that to not pay me. But okay. I, I, did, I didn't take the drug test. So the owner, he was supposed to come get me and take me to the office to pay me. Mm. He made a stop at some kind of clinic. And I called my agent. I was like, man, look, I don't know what he got going on, but he got me at some kind of clinic and uh, he ain't talking money. So mm. he's like, don't, don't, don't take no piss test, yada, yada, yada. So I didn't. But when he told me they was going to plant drugs in my room and I need to flee, I basically flee Mexico. So me and, me and the other guy, Seth, what we did was we caught the bus to the next city. We got a hotel. We spent the night, and then we flew out from the next city. Jesus Christ, yeah. man. But I flew. He flew home. I flew to Cancun because I had played in Cancun, like, uh, the, a year, the year before that. So okay. I had people over there. 
So it was like, look, I knew I was, I knew that was it for me. So I was like, look, because nobody had ever played with my money in my whole career. And then at the end, they start playing. I'm like, oh, I ain't got time for that. So I flew to Cancun, chilled for a couple of days, and then um, I, I, I came home and got went straight into the office. And when I went straight into the office to answer your question, I didn't know what to do. I had already passed the test because I had uh, I took I passed my I had my real estate license while I was still playing. Like I told you, I, I knew I was on my way out. My body mm -hmm. was done. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's only so much you only you know, it's only so far you can go. You know, you don't want to crawl out. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, uh, for sure. you know, when I first went into the office, it's like okay, I got my license. I'm in the office. Now what? Oh, I need leads. Oh shit. Okay, how you get those? <laughs> oh, I gotta go. You know what I'm saying? And I just and and this is what I'm saying, like being patient and just you know showing up every day. So I, I did that for like a month, month and a half. Mm -hmm. And then one day, uh, my broker came in there and was like, "Look, I got this lead. They want to go see a house. You want to go short tour?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" So that was that was my first time getting practical experience. And then I just I was self-taught from there because that month and a half let me know, like, look. You really can't wait on nobody to drop you a crumb. Like, even if I didn't know shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, you really just can't wait. You got to go out here and get it. So, um, you know, it kind of took off from there. Nah, that's, a, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. Bro, when is your book coming out? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? I never do that, dog. That's crazy. You know, we, had to, we had to literally flee Mexico, bro, because they was like, they oh were, my God. You know, I can't imagine. That they was like the cartel or whatever, but you know, I'm like, the cartel ain't broke because, you know, they say that my owner in Cancun was a cartel, but it's like, shit, we got paid on time early. Shit, we win the game. They bringing money in the locker room. Like, I'm like, shit, I don't know what kind of regime y'all running. Y'all <laughs> can't pay this little tab, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. And I mean, and just once again, man, like when I, when I talk to people about you, man, I, I you know, Man, not to gas you, but I'm like, yo, Rashad is the smartest person I know. And that's saying a lot, bro. I've, I've been around the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of people. But just, just to know when to get out of a situation. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like a lot of people need to hear that. Even, man, it may not be as, as dramatic as yours, man. Like, it, it may be, even be your nine to five. Like, sometimes you have to know when to jump ship. Hey, to, to piggyback off what you said, I think that has been kind of like uh, a good thing of mine to know when to jump ship. Mm -hmm. um, I'll take you back to another story that a lot of people don't know about. Only people probably know about this is me, my partner, and uh, Coach Price, Jay Price. So I'm in junior college, and, uh, you know, I'm getting recruited. Coaches are recruiting me. So they call on my phone, but I'm in junior college. I'm broke. I'm living mm -hmm. in the projects where I'm paying – um, $60 rent. I couldn't even pay that. My aunt was paying my $60 rent for mm. me. So I'm in junior college living by myself in a project. Can't pay my own $60 rent. And my phone got cut off. So coaches can't call me now. Mm -hmm. So my mom stayed in a in her own project housing uh, around the way. So I, I walked down her house to use her phone to call a coach back. Mm. But on my way to my mama's house, I see one of my homeboys. So I use his phone instead. So after I used his phone, I talked to the coach and all that. We just standing right there on the curb, just having a regular day-to-day -day conversation. Shit, what you got going, blah, 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 whatever. We just 
car pull up, start shooting. Mm. That quick. I, the only thing I was guilty of was being broke. Mm. Because if my phone would have been working, I'd still been in the crib. Yeah, I, I would have been out of harm's way, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, that environment and, you know, to answer to to answer that question was like, I, from that day on, I never hung on the block before, no more. It's like, oh man, this shit, nah, fuck that. Nah, that's real, and I know they went after me, but it was just like wrong place, wrong time, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta be smart not to put yourself in them positions and, and kind of know when to get out. Like, I still go back, but it's like, I'm not hanging on the block like a sitting duck, and I don't know what who got going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, that's, that's real. That's real. And I, I remember it wasn't until I got to, I, I believe it was like later high school where I still I really started respecting what you guys was going through out there. Cause you know, I never, I, I wasn't from the projects. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was from the hood, but I wasn't from the projects. But I would hang out out there a lot. And uh, I would hang out with Mike, Mike McGee. And uh, I would go to his crib and get the little, little crackhead Thelma to come braid my hair. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I really started seeing like what it really was, man. This shit ain't glorious like the rap songs. You know yeah, it's not. It's like, it's really not. It's definitely not glorious. And it's like, you know, they say, damn, you know, to me, it wasn't, it wasn't hanging out in the hood. Like, it was like, my friends are outside. I'm going outside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we never really looked at it like that until, you know, you know, shit started happening. And it was like, damn, like, shit can pop off at any time. Like, you know, I really, I really could have been dead on the curb if them niggas had any kind of aim. You know what I'm saying? So for sure. For sure. It's, it, it, and I really didn't do, I didn't do nothing wrong. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I was just out. I was outside. This is where I live. This is where I got dropped off at when they, we left the hospital. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, um, and that kind of sparked some in me. Not at that time, but um, you know, one of my one of our homeboys just got killed, you know, last year, mm-hmm. and that sparked some in me because it was like, you know, growing up, me and him, we was A B students, you know, we spent the night over each other's house. We all we we all had good genuine hearts. Yeah. But being in that environment for so long, it changes you. It forces you to act certain ways. You know what I'm saying? If for like even now, I, I try like even now I got shit in me that's, you know what I'm saying, like people wouldn't even understand. But mm. you know, I I walk around strapped all day. But it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like cause I, I you know, I gotta protect myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't understand that if you didn't come from that environment. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in the office, I got it on me because it's like, yo, who knows? Like, somebody might come in. Like, it's so much shit going through my head that I done seen. And, it, it you know, it's like crazy. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, that's that's real. And, that, and that's why, you know, when I used to work with rappers and, and do the managing thing and all that, man, like, I, I, I hate it when dudes talked about that that wasn't from that. You know what I'm saying? Just because of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I've I've been there with y'all, man. And it's like, they didn't want to have to worry about their life every night. Like, I remember one day uh, Redbird posted how sometimes he would sleep on the floor because he was scared of, I, I think he said sleep on the floor. I, I could be wrong, but he's talking about because he was scared of a bullet coming through the window. Like, fam, that's, yeah. it's, that's not glory. Like, like 
niggas are growing up like that, but you have people like yourself who who grow up, man, and it's all fuel, it's all motivation. And, and what, what America doesn't realize while they're trying to contain people in that environment, you, you're not doing nothing but making monsters who are gonna thrive yeah. in your country. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like, you know, like hearing gunshots, like it's crazy. Like ever since that incident happened, um, when we had got shot at, like, I do, I think I, I, well, I don't think, I know I got PTSD from that. And, and sure. it, like, for example, fireworks, like 4th of July used to be big for me. Like we, we go, we used to go to Alabama, get the fireworks, come shoot them shits in the street, you know, try to see who got the, the best fireworks. But ever since that incident, I ain't gonna say I'm scared of fireworks, but um, they make me jump. Like I don't, I can't decipher if it's a a a, a firework or a shot. You know I don't what I'm fuck saying? With fireworks. I don't. I don't. I never fuck. Yeah. No <laughs> more because it kind of. I think it made my nerves bad. Like even like I I go to the gun range a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are like, man, why are you scared of fireworks when you go to the gun range? But if you really, if you ever went to the gun range with me and watched me. Those first couple shots, like the other people shoot, I jump and then I adapt. Yeah, yeah. and you it's and it's still a controlled environment. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, but it's I, just I, it's just that pop though. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying. Like my body is like I just, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's you know yeah I, I can relate. You know what I'm saying. Same thing. Like my PTSD didn't come from from the military. Like I actually was quite comfortable when I got to the military because you know, my, my father was a music producer in the city that we from and they had some beef. And I, my first time getting shot at, I was 15 at, at outside of, uh, what was it called? Circuit City, Scenic City? A, Circuit a little, City? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Electronic store? Nah, nah, it was a club. Scenic City. Scenic City. The, it, was a club. City? it was a club, bro. It was on Brainerd Road. Second City. Okay, so they had a show there one night, and this is when all the beef with the Highland Park dudes and all that stuff was going on. And we get out the car, you know, my my pops liked to do a big, he had us drove up. And uh, we get out the car and niggas just pull up and start shooting. So me and my pops hiding behind the car. And I remember uh, one of our other homies, uh, Antonio, shout out to him, he was just walking like, what's going on? Like, get down, Tony, I'm like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? So. that was my first time being shot at. I was 15 and I, and I wasn't from the projects, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But because of my dad's profession, you know, and, and the, the, the artists that he dealt with, that's what came along with it because those dudes were from the Alton Park projects. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah, man. So like I said, when I got to the military, it was whatever, but yeah, we all, everyone who comes up, man, I feel like in a black neighborhood, man, deals with PTSD. Like I'm out here in Chicago and these, I've never seen, Black people wear masks the way they do in Chicago. Like, because you have to have a mask. You have to look tough. You have to feel tough. You have to put on because if you don't, that can mean life or death. Yeah. People don't want to live like that, bro. Like, we're still humans. Right. And I, you know, with what you just said, I'm the opposite. Like, I'm trying to scale back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to be like the hood just made me so hardened. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, I it it just I just I'm just drained, man. I done seen so many people me getting shot at multiple times, seeing 
my homeboy's dead in the street. Yeah, it's Look not fun. My homeboy's in a casket. Like, it's like, man, like, when I got that call from my last part, and I won't say no names, but, like, it was, like, 3 in the morning. So some I was asleep, but I just woke up and looked at my phone, and I had all these missed calls, and I knew it was bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, I just – I just didn't have no more energy left. Like it was like I was drained. You know what I'm saying? I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of carrying caskets. I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, sure. man, like, so with the death of him, that really was sparked um the my, you know, the next thing that I'm doing, which is Operation Double Back, because what I had to realize was when I so I kind of started on this earlier, but I don't know if we got to finish it. Like we was both A B students. We both had good hearts, but like I said, the the environment it makes you it makes you adapt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um the only difference between me and him was that sports saved me because I'm six eight, two fifty. Everybody's not blessed to be that. Mm-hmm. So what happens to the people who don't have athletic talents? How can we still make a way for them to get out? How can we still let them have access to what's out here? Like, when I was coming up, I didn't know I could be a real estate mogul. I didn't know. Like, we didn't see him. No. Nah. That shit, rapper go to the league. That's yeah. all it was. And then if you go to the – if you don't go to the league, coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So that those were the, the options. But now it's like, um, you know, with Operation Double Back, we, we I'm basically bringing everything that I'm doing back to the hood, showing them how they can do it, how to start businesses. Um, you know, because it really ain't hard. You just got to have access to the information. And a lot of people don't have that go-getter in them to pick up a book and, you know, have the patience to wait it out until you can, you know, build your craft and own your craft. So if I feel like if I can come put it back in front of them, like, hey, you can do this. You know, you can't. Like, I got cousins locked up, but they ask for money. I send books. Like, yo, what you going to do when you get out? I'm all look. Don't look, it ain't gonna never just be look straight here. I need this and I'm cash apping. Like now, nah, so so what you gonna do? So what you taking up while you in there? Because mm. if not, we just running on a hamster wheel. Mm. And when you get out, you ain't gonna have no skills or no options. So what you gonna do? You're gonna go back to what you know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I send books to the pen as well as bread, but like I make sure that you know they you're asking the questions that need to be asked. You're, 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 you're training the mindset that needs to be had. And, that, and that's something that, you know, we, we, we didn't know. We had to learn growing up. And, and you're doing the right thing by paying it forward. Like you're offering a, an alternate way of thinking. Um, so with that being said, man, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, your leasing on your buildings. You talked about, you know, just the programs that you're that – you're, heading or involved in what 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 is your what is your stance on the importance of ownership man oh man at the top tip mm. top you got i mean like ownership like what if you don't own them what can you pass down and this is what we got to start breaking these gener- generational curses um you know and we need to fucking definitely bury the term uh you can't take it with you because you don't supposed to take it with you you're supposed to pass it down like your so, kids don't supposed to start life in the, in, in the position or worse than you started. You right. know what I'm saying? Um, you know, 
it's like, it's like, for me, this is my philosophy. If my kids start life in the position and the disadvantages that I had, I failed. Like, well, you shouldn't even, you, you might as well not even been around. Mm. Like, cause the, the purpose is to make it better for, for your downline. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So ownership, you know, that's up there with oxygen. So how do you feel about, man, like I said earlier, like a lot of people feel kind of pigeonholed, you know what I'm saying? So what, like, do you have advice for people who may have bad credit, who may not have a lot of liquid uh, financial accessibility? What, what is, what is, do you have any advice for those people? Because I feel like a lot of people want to break the cycle, bro. And I feel, I, I just feel like they feel like they can't. As someone that I feel you've gotten it out the mud, you know what I'm saying? Like, I seen where you started, where you at now. You know what I'm saying? Like, what advice do you have for those people? Well, anything that can be done can be undone. Period. Okay. If you got bad credit, you need to evaluate what's on your credit. I talk to people with bad credit all day. Mm. You know, and it's like everything can be fixed. You know what I'm saying? So you need to figure out what's on your credit, why it's on there. I mean, not why it's on there, but like, let's say if you got collections, okay. You, now you need to be disciplined from here on out not to go into collections. Put your bills on auto pay. You mm. know, um, if you got a problem with saving money, it's an app that I use called Capital. It's Q-A-P-I-T-A-L, Capital with a Q. And uh, it automates my savings because if it was up to me, I wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? And um, we was talking offline about this, like, you know, I got this Capital app and I deleted the app. So I set it over my bank account. So money is going into my capital account without me even seeing a balance. So I would never be tempted to tap into that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But as far as somebody not having access, uh, I think you got access to everything. So first, you know, you definitely got to fix your credit, you know, because credit is right up there with cash, you know, um, mm. as far as because you want to have leverage. You know what I'm saying? For like, sure. Leverage, I, leverage is key in everything in this life. Yeah, you got to have leverage, man. Um, you know, so the, the better your credit, the better you look on paper. So mm. having that credit, you know, they they not, when I go apply for a credit card, I'm not sitting down with um, American Express in an interview. So I can't sell them on me. Mm-hmm. So I got to be able to look good on paper. Mm-hmm. And that's what they, that's what my credit score is. It show, it's, it's how you look on paper. Mm-hmm. And that's a trail of do you pay do you pay people back? So yeah. if if I'm looking at your if I'm looking at your um, resume your financial resume, and I see you got two three collections, um, fucking eviction, you know it's like you ain't pay nobody back. What what makes you think you gonna pay me back? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you definitely need to clean up your credit. That should be first and foremost. And like I said, anything done can be undone, but you gotta have discipline. You yeah. gotta automate your automate your payments, automate your savings, um, and that just take all the guesswork out of it. Because I know we get caught up in life, moving and grooving, um, nine to five working. If you're running a business, you're doing that. Like everybody's busy, but we you can make time for the important things and uh, just just set it up on auto. You know. Yeah. What I'm I'm going to piggyback off of that, man. I know I brought you in as the financial guru, but I definitely have a two cents because I've been on both sides. <laughs> but uh, another thing people, man, like, moderation is key, man. Like, you can you can still have your fun, man. You can still do the things you like to do, man, but it's all about moderation, man. If you get like to get your nails done every week, hey, push it to two weeks, push it to three weeks, do what you got to do 
to get right. Same thing with haircuts, man. Like one thing on quarantine, I've learned how to do is cut my own hair. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, it's ways around spending that 40 a week that turns into 160 a month. And then you got four other things that you're doing that when now you're throwing away, you're throwing away eight, 900 bucks for no reason. So uh, that's another reason I, I wanted you on this podcast is just to, to preach to the masses, man. Don't let societal standards hold you down. Uh, at the end of the day, man, you are you and the people that fuck with you, man, are going to fuck with you. The people that think that you're cool, they're going to think that you're cool regardless, man. But you have to take care of you if you really want to succeed in life and move a step further. Um, with that being said, man, you've mentioned a couple of things about your, your event and your summit coming up. Uh, I want to, man, you'd go ahead and like explain the, the Atlanta summit. That's, that's the official name of it, right? The Atlanta summit. Yes. Yeah, the Atlanta summit. I'm going to change the name of it next, next year, because a lot of people think it's only, um, it's limited to Atlanta. So I named the Atlanta, Atlanta summit because back in 2018, we didn't, we didn't have one in 2019, but back in 2018, um, my partner, he had a summit. It was in Atlanta, but it was in person. So it made sense to call it the Atlanta summit. Mm-hmm. But now with COVID, we're online and we just kept the Atlanta summit name. But I think it's kind of hindering us because a lot of people that want to come, they think it's, it's only limited to Atlanta. So mm-hmm. next year it'll be called the post pro real estate, uh, uh, post pro real estate summit of marathon or something like that. So, um, so what we got, man, we got, it's an all-day event from 9 to 9, balls to the wall. You're going to get your PhD in real estate. you got to be in the building, you know, and, like, I don't know when your podcast is coming out. When are you dropping this? Monday. Oh, Monday. hmm Oh, okay. So, yeah. So if y'all watching this, look, if you can't afford to come, man, look, I'll send you a free link because I'd rather see you advance than me get $47 off you. Like, I'm not in it for that. You know, I make – Look, my, you know, I don't need to, you know, sell tickets. Like, I wasn't going to get that anyway. So, if you want to come, reach out to me. I'll send you a free link. Just don't play yourself and, and pay attention because, yo, this is multi-billion dollar speakers speaking to you on how they did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we talked about earlier about access. This is access. Yeah, this is, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, this is this is invaluable information. I will be sure to include however a shot prefers to be contacted. I'll include that in the description of this video. But go ahead, Rashad. Yeah, I mean, like we talk about access to information like this is access. What you need to stop doing if this if this is you is stop passing up opportunities. You know what I'm saying? Like this is an opportunity to get a leg up like you're going to leave way smarter and knowing how to start a business, how to run a real estate business, how to invest. So we're covering all aspects, single family, um, build a rent models. Um, so you got the new construction, build a rent, you got wholesaling, you got, you know, the rentals, you have uh, fix and flip, you have multifamily buying um, apartment buildings. You know, a lot of people, like when I came up, like we stayed in the Elks and, mm-hmm. It never dawned on me that somebody owned this building. We thought we thought the leasing lady owned it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, said, yeah. Someone, it was someone on our ass. You know what I'm saying? We late yeah. with the rent. You know what I'm saying? But like we, but now it's like, look, damn. I realized like, damn, somebody owned this apartment complex. And every time we pay rent, we pay them. They get a spread after they pay the bank, and they living good. You know what I'm saying? So it's like for nothing. Yeah, but. Look, this event, I learned this when I was 34. Mm. I'm trying to cut down on the learning curve for everybody else. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to wait. I'm giving it to you next Saturday, May 30th. Here. So all information. If you listen to this, man, this this is your sign. This is the end to your excuses. Y'all, y'all, I, I hear it all the time. We talk about how white people, white people pass on to their families, white people, they, they born in the money, this, that, and the third. This is how we change that narrative, man. Like, there's not, I'm telling you right now, as someone in the professional world, you're not going to come across a free conference slash summit where people are giving out financial gems, like, I know most of us are working from home for now. Uh, Rashad already sent me my link because he's 100 like that. And I'm going to have I'm going to have my laptop, my personal laptop open next to my work laptop and I'm going to be tuned in, man. So like this is there's no excuse, man. Like you could say you can complain about change. You could tweet about it. You could put it on Facebook. But are you going to be part of the change? Yeah, it's all about action, man. Yeah, it's all about action. Like it's and and a, a lot of things too. It's a lot of people out here not where they want to be or should be in life, because um, they they know what to do, but they don't do what they know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like this is like what I was saying earlier. You can read all the books in the world, but if you don't apply, if you don't put your feet to the pavement, you're just gonna be the smartest, brokest. You know, <laughs> walking like it's like an armchair quarterback you yeah. got all the answers but you you ain't doing it yeah, you know yeah. like you got all the answers you can tell me what i need to be doing you got all the ideas but but you you won't you won't apply the pressure that it takes because uh i think a lot of people are afraid to fail but like man look bro i fail all the time and the thing about it is you know you only got to be right a couple times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like the baseball analogy, right? You know, in baseball, they'll pay you $100 million to hit the ball three out of ten times. Big facts. If you ban 300, you the man. Big facts. If you ban 300, that means you struck out seven times. You don't got out seven times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you can apply that to your life and don't be afraid to fail, like, bro, bro, I'll start a company in a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, look, bro. Um, let me give you an example. Okay. All right, let me give you an example. So I sold a house, started a trucking company. And that check never went hit my account. Sold mm. a house, bought a truck. Mm. Boom. Like, didn't know shit about trucking. I was like, look. Well, I ain't gonna say I didn't know nothing about trucking. I did my due diligence. I'm not just throwing paint on the wall. But it's but, not your profession. Yeah, it's not. It's not my, you know, my profession. So I took a course, and that's I'm big on courses, man. Like I, I took a course with somebody who was doing it. I watched him for a minute, and I realized, like, well, this dude know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not just out here, you know, shooting blanks. But um, I did do my due diligence. But my what I'm trying to explain to you is like I acted on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, boom, I right, here, I got this bread. I'm gonna start a trucking company and we're gonna be committed to figuring it out. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's 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 real, man. And that and that goes for anything, man, people. Like, so for instance, man, as we've mentioned several times, I spent some time in the military. And when I first joined the military, like I, I was a ground troop. I was an Air Forces, they call it uh, security forces. That is the security forces infantry. From there, I was a weapons instructor. Nothing I could bring into the real world, man they had an opportunity to join a cybersecurity unit, which 
I don't want to do that. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But I get this certification that if you have that certification, that automatically puts me in a 75 plus range on salary. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and this is something that costs upwards of four and five grand to pay for myself, but it gets paid for by the military. And I'm not saying you have to join the military for shit because I see stuff all the time now that I'm in the field, man. I seen a SQL course online for $11, man. If you become a database analyst, which is what is learned from a SQL course, that's an automatically 75 plus a year. But th so what Rashad is trying to tell you, man, is like information is out there to put yourself in a position to do better for yourself and your families financially. And then on, along the way, you're going to learn some shit. It's not, it's not just real estate, you know what I'm saying? But what he's doing is amazing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not taking away from what he's doing, but I'm saying like whatever your field is, man, we live in the best time ever for information. This is literally the information age. Literally, it's what they call the shit. Yeah, it's, go ahead. Nah, I'm, I'm done. That's pretty much it. Nah, I mean, it's, it's, we definitely in the information age and it's almost too much information mm -hmm. because it's like people are drowning in information, but they're starving for execution. So right. the lack of, inf like that, that excuse is over with. Like back in the day, we could have said like, man, we just didn't know. But now you can, you know. So when you YouTubing the rap videos, instead of doing that, YouTube Robert Kiyosaki, YouTube, um, you know, uh, Dan Pena, YouTube, Eric Thomas, you know what I'm saying? YouTube, those guys put, if you, if you, if you on YouTube like that, YouTube some stuff that can help you, you know what I'm saying? That's facts. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's all about execution, man. Like you, like you said, we living in the information age. Um, but you got to actually do something with that information too. Once you get it. Yeah, man. Um, Rashad talked about, man, I can't remember if this was pre-production or if we said this on camera. Um, when he, it was pre-production. I'm sorry. We was talking about stocks. Mm -hmm. Me and you both are, are into stocks. I'm newer into it. You've been doing it a little while longer. And, and Rashad talked about how when we, when he got into stocks, he just turned on NBC. He was normally watching Sports Center every morning, like a lot of us, you know, sports heads do. But he replaced it with with CNBC every morning. Like stuff like that, man. When I got into stocks, I was reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he talked about the the reservoir con concept where you know, the money that you make, what goes to you and what goes into something else that can make you money. Right. Fam, I haven't finished a book because I stopped right there and started researching investments and, and how I can put what, what money I had that was liquid into, into a reservoir that can make me more money. It's, it's, it's all about that, man. You have to change your way of thinking. But I guarantee you, if you have the time to binge a Netflix show in a night, which I know a lot of people do. We're talking nine or 10 hours. Yeah. Fam, the show ain't going nowhere. Cut it in half, cut it in a quarter, but, but get some time to yourself, man. Do yourself a favor. Man, I agree 100%, bro. I was, uh, who I was talking to about this? I think I was talking to my wife. Um, so it's a show called Billions, and it's about stocks. Okay. Um, so they got 50 episodes. And they all 52 minutes each. So I started watching it and I was like, man, I had to stop because I was like, bro, I ain't got 50 in me. Mm. I got too much shit to be doing. I ain't yeah. got 50 episodes in me. And at the same time, like I was really, I'm learning from that show. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's still like, I ain't got 52 minutes in me. Um, mm -hmm. 50 episodes. Like 
my brain is so different now. It's like, bro, because it's just it's shit that needs to be done. You remember I told you I stayed up to five in the morning mm-hmm. four days ago, just laying in the bed because I'm thinking about all the shit I need to do for each business. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can let, I look? Let me up? stop you there. So what do you do when that happens? I know a lot of people who your brain races at night, you get ideas. What do you do there? Do you write stuff down? Do you take a mental note of it? Like, what do you do to like progress that? Oh, so on the nights that I leave my phone in the other room, I, I'll just write notes by the bed. But mm-hmm. typically I write in my notes app on my phone. Mm. I utilize that notes app on my phone. That's That and the calculator is the two main apps on my phone. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and everybody listen to this, go have that mirror talk. You know, um, David Goggins talk about having that that self-talk in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, what's the two most used apps on your phone? That's going to tell a lot about, you know, you and where you headed. You know what I'm saying? So um, if, if, the, if Facebook and Instagram are the two uh, most used apps and you ain't making no money off that, you need to re- reevaluate and pivot. Everybody talk about they ain't got time, man. You got time. You just put all your time into the bullshit. You definitely have time, man. You definitely have time. I mean, and it, shit, Apple does you a favor if you got an iPhone. They tell you how much time you spend on the phone every week. Yeah, and the thing <laughs> about this too is, man, like, it's so much. It's so many millions and billions of dollars. These apps, Facebook, Instagram, every app spend billions and billions of dollars to keep you on their app. That's why I had to cut off my notifications while we're doing this podcast because these apps are trying to get me to get back on the app. Yeah, yeah. No, that's real. I was actually I was having this conversation because I told you, man, like like my 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 pastime, my way to decompress, and also my weakness is video games. Like I will game to numb myself, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I have a mentally exhausting job. So how I decompress is playing video games. So one of the things that's frustrating is I play 2K. One of the things that's frustrating about 2K is it's slow. Like when you, but when you turn on a game, you load into your my player, you're getting served ads. Then when you jump into the game, you have to go through all these cutscenes, like literally five, 10 minutes of cutscenes to get to the game. You finish the game. You got to get through five minutes of more cutscenes just to get back to start the next game. Like they get paid off of keeping you on there. Right. So, and if you want me to break it down further, I looked into it because that's me. I fall down rabbit holes. I looked into it. 2K guarantees their advertisers. So they'll have so many people on the game for however many hours a day. So they are making money off you being on it. You think they're going to let you just get on and get off in 10 minutes? Right. right. It's like and that's how they make money. So. Let's say if I was a, a company wanting to advertise with you, you let's say you own 2K Sports. Mm-hmm. And you came to me and say, hey, Rashad, um, you know, I want I want your your brand, Post Pro Real Estate, on um, on my game. You know, we're charging, these are the packages we have. We're charging 50000 mm-hmm. And then for me to pay the 50000 I got to be like, well, what's in it for me? And then you'll say, well, shit, we got... 3 million users every day looking at your ad. So that's why they're keeping you on the site. So they can make those pitches to companies to pay for those slots. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. so, um, like, and like I said, like they, they try to keep you on the app. So we got to figure out how to get on the other side of the table. Um, it's there. Opportunity is there. That's the, that's the crazy thing. 
the first the when quarantine first happened, I got off social media for two weeks and I built the program. Mm. So, um, you know, like everybody talking, look, bro, I got this in my office. You can't see it because uh, you know, you're facing me, but right on my office, well, not in my office, but not in my personal office, but in the in the open space, um, I got written on the wall, find an excuse to win. Mm. And, and like the, everybody in my office know they can't come to me with no excuse. If you come to me with bad news, you better already had a solution. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or looked into it. And if you can't find a solution, I'll help you find it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. just like COVID is not an excuse, man. I made more money in COVID because I took off two weeks off of social media that was taking my time and I created a a, a boot camp course. Mm. You know, um, and that's just, I mean, you just got to be, you just got to be proactive, man. Like all this, it's, it's always bad shit coming at you. Like the world's about to end. Uh, the economy's about to crash. Real estate's about, the real estate is over. The stock market is over. We're doomed. We're going to war. Okay, cool. I mean, it's, you know, but what, what are you doing to try to come out on top at the end of this? Because I was always optimistic that, because the economy was good before this. So I think we're going to be even stronger after this. For sure. Real estate is still going strong. Like, we're still doing deals, man. Like, I just did one of my biggest deals um, on Wednesday, three, four days ago, during COVID. Yeah. Like. It's, 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 it's all about your mindset, man. I know that. So I'm a little older, man. So I, I've, I've lived through something similar when we had the recession. And I remember the main thing, man, it's something that stuck in my head and I don't know why, but I remember after the recession, they were talking about all the people who made all this money from the recession. So I felt bad. I I suffered from FOMO. Like, damn, I missed out on that. You know what I'm saying? So when this happened, bro, like I said, the first thing I went to was stocks. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And the first thing I thought about was, and this is just me, this is how I got into stocks. No one could travel right now. I watch all them airline stocks. Delta got down to $18. Fam, I racked the fuck up on mm. Delta. That could be a three or five year payoff. You know what I'm saying? But fam, in that three to five years, how is my future self going to thank me for my current self for just, hey, man, you was going to blow this money on some bullshit. Yeah. Instead That's of buying the fuck, don't, instead of buying a Travis Scott J's, or spending your money on Amazon every week to get, get to get shit delivered because you're bored in a house. Put your money somewhere. It's going to make you money, man. Like, it's, I, I can't tell anyone how to live their life because I made so many mistakes. But for me personally, it was like, I'm, not, I'm going to come out of this situation better than I was going into it. But that's why they should listen to you. You should listen to somebody who made mistakes. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, that's mm-hmm. why they should be listening to you. Like, so they don't have to go through it themselves. Like, I make a lot of mistakes, but I've thrived because I've learned from other people's mistakes. Mm. I know what not to do. And I'm very big on you can learn something from everybody you meet. So whether it's good or bad. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For sure. good, I know what to do. If you're doing something stupid, I know what not to do. Mm-hmm. So you can learn something from everybody you meet. And I'm, 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 I'm real big on that, man. Yeah, I tell people that all the time, man, that 90% of my behavior is learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, if it, like when I get compliments on something, like, I normally follow it up with, 
yeah, I fucked up on this five years ago. <laughs> that's why I do this now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But that's, to me, that is the American dream, man. Like, like make the mistake, learn from it, do it again. Like, I know the last, the last dance doctors came out. Jordan was cut. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, the nigga, nigga got a growth spurt, but he also improved upon his game. You know what I'm saying? Like, but and that's simple, as simple as basketball, that's, that's a concept that we could all use every day. It doesn't matter your height, shape, form, what you do in life. Like, when you fuck up on something, man, there's always a lesson. Yeah. Um, I tell people, you know, I don't have a mother. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I learned more. I ain't going to say I learned more. I learned a lot not having a mother as a parent to be a better parent. You know what I'm saying? Like I learned not only from my own mistakes, I learned from other people's mistakes. And I feel like everyone should. And I feel like a lot of people do, but you got to put it into action like you've been saying this whole podcast. Yeah, for sure. You definitely got to put it into action. For sure. Yeah, <clears throat> man. But yeah, bro, we are almost at two hours. And uh, <laughs> I don't want to keep the people waiting too long. And we actually, even though we did not go off the list, we actually covered everything. Okay. Okay. Now nah, that's good. That's good. That's, that's dope, man. So, hey, brother, thank you. I appreciate you for coming through. I know your time isn't free. I know it isn't. It isn't a lot of it. So, I definitely appreciate you, man, coming through. Not just to the podcast, man, but just to just to give gems out to people who don't have a resource. Yeah, man. And that's what I want to do, man. That's what Operation Double Back is, man. I'm trying to figure um, how can I reach the people who are being looked over. Um, you know, how can I reach somebody like if I could just change one person's trajectory and they are able to change their downline, like I think that goes so far. You know, just by bringing like as much studying and 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 you know, everything that I do, it's like I'm bringing my brain back to the hood. Yeah, like every everything that anything that you need, you can get from you know, this, this website or, or, you know, this platform, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and like I said, bro, information is, 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 is not, information is not um, scarce. Information is out there, but I think they'll take it in from somebody who they relate to. Yeah. For sure, not, man. I don't think it's not, it's not a, a lot of people who look like me and you that come from where they come from talking this you know talking this talk because i could get up here in a suit and tie and and say all this shit but if i've never been in the hood like it's a disconnect yeah i I was was telling someone the other day man the only role model i had growing up was kobe bryant and it's because he reminded me of of us Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying he was relatable yeah yeah and i'm like man like i was just always trying to find a way to get up like I knew what I wanted from day one. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I knew, I knew that Grove Street wasn't the end. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, damn, I, I, I had to fight claw. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even when I got cut in basketball in the sixth grade, I came back the next year, got cut again. Finally mm-hmm. made it in the eighth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just, from, from day one, bro, I just wouldn't take no for an answer. I knew what I wanted. I knew where I wanted to, I knew where I wanted to go. And I just knew I didn't want to be mediocre. I just, you know. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, well, tell the people where they can find you, man. If they need to look for anything, if they need to reach out to you, uh, where, where can they find you? Um, I ain't hard to find. Facebook, Shazilla Jones Jennings. Um, Instagram, Post Pro Shazilla. 
Um, my brokerage is Post Pro Real Estate on Instagram, but my personal page is Pro, Post Pro Shazilla. Man, just type in Rashad Jones Jennings, man. I pop up. I ain't hard to find. It ain't hard to find. You can Google it. All of the money. <laughs> All that, man. Hey, Try I appreciate you. One time. Again, bro. Hey, y'all, thank you for tuning in, man. Y'all have an amazing, blessed week and stay safe out there.